You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney Podcast on Rivals.com with your hosts, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell, and National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney. That's right, we are back. Gentlemen, North Carolina put a scare into Clemson. We have a new number one. Mike, why don't you talk about that and, and talk about what your top teams are, and then we'll go to Gorney. I have, not just to be controversial, but I have Ohio <laughs> State number one. I think they're the best team in the country right now. Um, Justin Fields is living up to the hype. J.K. Dobbins is unstoppable. They've got tremendous wide receivers. That offensive line is playing very, very well. And I know they've only beaten Nebraska and Indiana and Cincinnati and also Rams, but the defense really impresses me as well. They got two first rounders in Chase Young and Jeffrey Okuda, former five stars, by the way. Um, and I just think they're going to roll over everybody in the Big Ten. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, Ohio State. You're supposed to disagree. I mean, I disagree with the number one team in the country. Alabama is the best team in the country. And you're supposed to get angry about it. Too. I'm not angry. I'm, I've moved past that angry. in my yeah, life. Have you seen? These shows where people get angry and really, like, I don't know. Like yell and stuff? Yeah, you get angry. I'm above that, Mike. Oh. Well, Alabama's defense doesn't look that great. It doesn't matter. They can and score. They could score a hundred points if they needed to. They Their receivers, as predicted by yours truly, their receiving core is the best in the country, although you said Clemson's was and theirs is not very good at all. And we need to talk they're, about Clemson. They're good. They're, they're good, good. But they're, they're not Alabama. They're just not putting up numbers because the offensive line sucks and Trevor Lawrence doesn't have any time. Oh, God. Here we go with the excuses. Yeah. Alabama's He's, the best team in the country. Ohio State's the second best team. I think Oklahoma might be the third best team. But Auburn, Auburn is up there. LSU is up there. I don't even know if Clemson is a top five team right now. I have them, like, I think fifth. Trevor Lawrence. In that range. Trevor Lawrence uh, is not playing well at all. Justin Ross is not getting the ball at all. Not playing uh, well at all. That's ridiculous. He has eight touchdowns and five interceptions. Well, he's also run for, what, two more scores? Okay. He's completing 62% of his passes. 62%, Mike, against uh, North Carolina and uh, no one else. No, they've played some real teams. They've played Texas A&M. They've played Georgia. Well, Georgia Tech's not a real team, but the, the fact that he's not playing well that's ridiculous. I mean, he doesn't have two two touchdowns to seven picks. No, I'm mean, no one's saying that. But everyone expected let's, let's Trevor back Lawrence. Up that train. The, five five months ago, everyone was saying Trevor Lawrence should sit out two years and then go to the NFL, and that he would be the number one pick if he came out right now. And he's not he playing should. well. He's bored. <laughs> he, he probably is. He probably he, is bored. When that offensive line stinks and they're all. Like experienced guys, they got to step it up. It's really disappointing that he's not in the Heisman discussion. He's not putting up big numbers. I mean, you know, I want to see him and Fields both have an opportunity. Maybe he should have transferred. Let's start that. Ridiculous. <laughs> uh, how how about that? That would be a great one for like these talk shows. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> should have transferred to Ohio State instead of Justin Fields. How about that one? Is uh, is Clemson a top five team right now? And let's not and let's dispense with this idea that Clemson's offensive line is not playing well. Travis Etienne, seven yards per carry. Lynn J. Dixon, six and a half yards per carry. Ches Malusi, their third string running back, 
Nine and a half yards per carry. It's Trevor Lawrence who's not playing well. No, they're not pass protecting well. Oh, okay. okay. He doesn't have the time. If you watch, he just doesn't have the time to do what he needs to do. And he's pretty mobile, so he does extend the play a little bit like that. But let's let's not you know, fall into this sophomore slump crap. Um, Tua has the benefit of those receivers, as you mentioned. And a yes. lot of the stuff he does is short stuff that they just take to the house. And, you know, they make him look really good. I mean, he's made, obviously, some tremendous long passes he's got good touch downfield accuracy he's great uh, i think he's already won the heisman because with those receivers he's just gonna put up numbers that jalen hurts can't compete with eventually yeah but i mean he is the beneficiary of, of some tremendous talent every time he throws a slant to like rugs or judy or smith, smith yeah it's yeah. like touchdown and what about waddle i mean nobody even talks about him i know he's he's hardly even he getting the ball every freaking team in the country yeah he would be and, and he's got one catch for five yards i know he's probably banged up and all that but, but the know. crazy thing is he'll be a first round he'll be in the first round discussion because all those guys are going to leave and they're going to be in no, the first wait. second round discussion 12 catches for 197 he has one rush for five yards but what's happened to naji Nothing's happened to him. I mean, they're throwing the ball around. He's yeah. He's he's uh, not putting up the numbers as expected, but uh-uh. he is. Uh, he's not really getting the ball all that much either because they're scoring so quickly throwing the ball. They'll 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 pound it out to him. He was he the number one player in the country? Probably not. But he's got uh, one touchdown. Three thirty-seven, averaging six point two. They don't seem to six point two yards per carry is not too bad. In the it, it's not it's not bad, but it's like they're splitting time with Brian Robinson. I mean, he was out, you know, for a half or whatever of one is, game. Is this another overrated West Coast kid? <laughs> what about two? What about Tua? He's a West. Coast. Alabama is so dumb. They went to the West Coast to get their quarterback and their running back, and they're the number one team in the country. Um, Najee Harris, by the way, has three touchdown catches. I know, I saw that. And that highlight reel hurdle, but um, Hawaii is not West Coast. Of course it is. What is it? It's not a coast. It's all coast. It's all coast. It's a freaking (laughs) island. It's not on the West Coast, though. It's its own coast. But he's a a West region player, let's say. It's the Hawaii coast. You know how far it is from the West Coast? It's pretty far. It's like five yeah, hours. It's it, it's, pr- it, it's pretty west. Yeah, I'm not giving you. I, I'm not giving you uh, West Coast to it. What are you talking about? What would he be then? Plus, he should have been a five star. He, oh, he so. clearly should have been a five star. But uh, some people uh, that of, of the analyst type were not on the on the board for that. They were in for a Tua star. Mm-hmm. Certain people. Certain people. Yeah. Even though they tend to troll everybody else. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> so, so is Clemson Ohio a top State five versus, team? Ohio State versus Clemson right now. Justin Fields versus Trevor Lawrence. Who wins? Ohio State. Oh man, I just I like Ohio State. I have them number one. I have Clemson number five. But I Clemson look, have a feeling that Clemson would get up for that game and play like Clemson. Clemson looked bad against Texas A&M, who we know now is not a good team, and yeah, you need stink. you need to admit Kellen Mond is not very good, and uh, and they and they probably should have lost to North Carolina, 
if not for r- running an option play with Sam Howell <laughs> to, to, to try to win that game. Yeah, that was a bad game. Kellen Mond, 65% of his passes completed, 10 TDs, 4 interceptions. It's better than he's Trevor rushed, Lawrence. He's rushed for 110 yards and two more scores. That team sucks. Yeah, they, they do suck. But It's uh, really annoying. Did you see the... Um, the defensive back who held up and didn't make the tackle in the end zone. No. Oh, that was a video going viral. Yeah, I saw it this morning. I just didn't click on it. Who the hell was it? It's number 10. I should know this. But who would you take right now? Oklahoma or Clemson? Ugh. The way they're Oklahoma. playing. Yeah. Would you take LSU or Clemson? See, there, there is where I get into the Clemson. I, I'm still not sold. Maybe it's just because my mind has been bashed into believing Clemson is unstoppable, but, uh, you know, they're just not playing well, good I football. Don't, I, I, I don't believe in LSU. I just don't. That's fair. I mean, until they beat Alabama, I'm not going to believe in them. But I still think we're worrying too much about Clemson too early. Yeah, probably. That's. I mean, they always struggle early against teams that they're not up for, and, you know. They'll destroy Florida State. And yeah, they play. No, they play the no one. They play no one else really until uh, the college football playoff. So I mean, they have such a cakewalk. Look at that yeah, schedule. The well, the ACC is horrible. I yeah, yeah. I'm still trying to find out who that defensive back was. For Number ten for Texas A&M. You do a little yeah, search here. Well, I'm I'm on it. Do a Texas A&M I'm football on. roster. 12thman.com. Here we go. I'll get it up for you in a second You'll here. You'll find it. I'm clicking through every defensive back on their roster. Why are you doing that? Number 10. Because they don't have a numerical sort here. This is horrible. Number 10. You scroll right down. 9, 10. It was Miles Jones. Well, he should be embarrassed. Yes. Where is he? He's not even on my list. What list? Um, oh, there he is. Oh. And oh, and has the jersey numbers in little numbers next to the player. Right. right. Forget it. Whatever. Watch that video on Twitter. Type in Miles Jones, Texas A and M, and you'll see what Texas A and M is all about and why they're constantly mediocre and they always will be. I don't see them breaking through. Um, somebody asked me the tough question about Nebraska this week. If they're ever gonna break through, I, I think maybe once every five years, you know, they'll win their division. But they're never going to be a superpower. Um, Miami, never going to be a superpower again. Uh, Tennessee, same thing. It's, it's time to just realize that these programs that 20 years ago won national championships, Michigan's the same way. It's yeah. not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We did this the, a the, few the weeks ago. Richer a- getting richer. Yeah, we did this a few weeks ago where we said, you know, it's been, what, 15 years since, you know, Texas has won or something like that. And, it's been 20 years or 30 years since Nebraska's been a national contender. We still talk to talk like they're just one player away. I think Texas A&M has a chance to be that. The problem with Texas A&M is that they're in a division that is just insanely good. I mean, you, if you you could you could there are three teams, one, two, three in the top seven from their own division. And let's and I'm and I hate to bash Clemson because I think they're going to be in the playoff probably in the national championship game, but is there even another ACC team ranked? 
No. No, Wake Forest and Virginia, 22 and 23. So, I mean, in the top seven, so Texas A&M has to fight Alabama, LSU, Auburn. I mean, it's just a tough division. They're recruiting well. I kind of disagree with you there. I think they're recruiting well. They're going to get the top three players probably. They always recruit well. In the state. And Jimbo's, a great, Jimbo's a great coach. But what, what are the expectations? Nine and three? That's not that's uh, not playoff level. And you're paying the I'm guy $75 million. I'm going to randomly pull up. I'm going to go 2009. Okay. Randomly pull up our team ranking. Let me see where Texas A&M is. 22nd. All right. That was a bad random pull. <laughs> that was a strikeout. 2011. Let's go. But you have to factor in that Jimbo is a better coach than Kevin Sumlin, and so he should get those guys prepared. At least on the sideline, he has a packet of papers that it looks like he's an accountant or something. He's doing his taxes. He's got a thing of like 800 papers that he's always looking at. Who should we be hardest on? Should we really drill into... Texas A&M because they barely beat Arkansas and they look horrible. Should we drill into Nebraska? I think I want to drill into Tennessee because of the the situation with uh, it linebacker would, Jeremy Banks. Did it would you, be your civic you duty. It would be your civic duty to do that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> did you? What a joke! Did, did you read about the the Jeremy Banks situation? Oh yeah, I read all about it. He shoots cops. They shoot cops in in his hometown in Memphis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now Pruitt's backing off and saying that he wasn't trying to get him a break. And he had no idea a warrant was issued for him. Well, the cop, I, I watched the video on VaultQuest this morning to prepare for this podcast. Yeah. And the cop, like, 50 times tells Jeremy Pruitt that there was a warrant out and that he would have let him off with a citation, but there was a warrant out for him in Knox County. And that he had, he was, the state of Tennessee forced him to take him in. And then Jeremy Pruitt goes, well, I never had to deal with this stuff at the other my other places. Which were what? Georgia, Alabama, Alabama Florida State. Alabama, Florida State, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's my question. <laughs> why are they calling the head football coach at 3.30 in the morning? Yeah, why, Jeremy Banks is in a police car calling right. his head coach, and the cop talks to him for like 20 yeah, minutes. Why? why? Uh, you, you answer that question. You asked it, you answer it, Mike. I think I we don't have know. an answer. I, think I don't we have know. an answer. But, I mean... Is that really the person you should be talking to? Right. And, and and why are you picking up the phone at 3.30 in the morning? And why is the policeman standing there on the side of the road for 15 minutes talking to Jeremy Pruitt about this situation? Uh, you he know? could be solving other crimes. He could be solving other crimes. And Jeremy Pruitt could be solving how his team is going to not get wrecked by Georgia this weekend. Jeremy Pruitt is not going to last the season. Wow. Every week something ridiculous happens. I mean, imagine being still off the field, yeah. on the field. I mean, they're just it's it's an embarrassment at this point in time. Imagine being Phil Fulmer and watching a video of your coach, you know, very groggy talking to the policeman of your linebacker who was just arrested. And saying, well, at my other stops, I never had to deal with stuff like this. Well, he, <laughs> I mean, picked um, <laughs> he picked them. He picked them. He was his seventh choice. <laughs> I mean, and they didn't want Greg Schiano. Not that Schiano would be any better because I don't think he's a very good coach. I think he did a good job at Rutgers, but I don't think he's overall a very good coach. But they didn't want Schiano, so they 
they end up with Pruitt and he's just I mean I don't know. Out of the out of the out of the programs that are out there, you know, that are really struggling. You know, Virginia Tech looks ridiculously awful and they're awful. former power. Uh Tennessee, you know, former power looked horrible. And Nebraska got embarrassed. I mean, which one is the biggest national embarrassment, do you think? I think Tennessee is the biggest national embarrassment just because losing to Georgia State is is completely embarrassing. Then coming back and then losing to BYU at home, getting completely handled by Florida, could do absolutely nothing. Jarrett Guarantano has regressed to the point of, I don't even know if he wants to be out there because they're so bad. And, you know... 3.30 in the morning or whenever, it was certainly late at night, uh, you know, Jeremy Banks gets arrested and the Knoxville policeman is talking to the coach on Jeremy Banks' phone for 20 minutes about a warrant out for his arrest in another county. And then Jeremy Banks or Jeremy Pruitt is saying that some people don't have people in their lives to guide them through these situations and and then saying he never had to deal with this at any other school. That's pretty embarrassing. But I will... Uh, I will throw Nebraska in there. Um, they looked so unprepared and so overmatched against Ohio State. And this is a very rabid fan base. And I said it on Twitter this week, and I'm sure you were following Saturday night. I said, the game day experience at Nebraska is one of the greatest in the country. And then the product on the field is one of the most average in the Big Ten. I mean, it, it, it's very, very average. Adrian Martinez, they're talking about Patrick Mahomes and being the best quarterback ever at Nebraska. He got lured into throwing some really bad passes against Ohio State. They 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 were overmatched at every single position on the field. Is that a surprise though? Mm. I mean, is Ohio State can make a lot of teams look like that? I don't know. Is that it just bad, the though. fact that we fell into this hype of Scott Frost? You know, doing what he did at UCF uh, and being, you know, an up and coming coach at Oregon, and he's going to turn it around there. I mean, should Adrian Martinez have ever been mentioned in the Heisman talk? Ever? No, absolutely not. But why was he? Because of preseason hype. But why was there hype? They were four and eight last year. Doesn't matter. They were supposed to win the West Division. Minnesota's better. Wisconsin is by far better. Iowa, I think, is by far better. Then then you look at the East, there are at least four teams that are better. So what are we talking about here? Nebraska being seventh or eighth best, maybe, in their own conference. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out where the hype came from, though. Because during the summer, people need to write about things, and they... Yeah, but why Nebraska? I don't know. I'm just... I, I, I don't know. I just think it's... It's it's interesting. I think there's a lot of people, and and maybe I'm one of them who want Nebraska to be good again. Yeah, and be relevant because of the fan base because they're so rabid and they're so loyal. I mean, it's almost unfair to the fan base that they haven't been good for such a long time, and. Do you think anybody there regrets getting rid of Polini, or was he just too much of a, a maniac? Yeah, no, I mean, in terms of wins and losses, they definitely regret it. 
In terms of, I mean, he won ten games every year. In terms of him on leaked audio telling people to go f themselves, <laughs> and that is not the Nebraska fan base that I know and love, Mike. And the, <laughs> that knows and loves you. <laughs> that uh, no, I, I don't think they regret that at all. But I think they are taken aback and a little stunned at just how far this team still has to come. They hardly beat Illinois. I know they should have lost Illinois. Yeah. I mean, Illinois looked like the better football team that night. Ohio State completely embarrassed them. Northwestern will probably keep it close. At Minnesota is going to be a tough game. You know, Wisconsin will probably, you know, win 34-7. It, it, I, I think a lot of people just got into their mind and really hoped that this Nebraska team was going to turn a corner this year. And they are kind of just the same team that they were last year. I think Ohio State could be better than we think too i think they could do this to michigan state i think they could potentially do this to michigan i think penn state's the only challenge that's on the schedule for them when it comes to their division and wisconsin's going to be obviously out of division difficult game but i think ohio state could just beat anybody by 40 right now See, that's the thing, though. That's the tricky thing about college football. That's probably what they think now after winning. So Michigan State, you know, loses that game 24-7, 24-10. It's, it's going to be an unimpressive performance. If they can come back and do what they did to at Nebraska and have the maturity to come back and do that against a, at least a decent Michigan State defense this week, it's going to be very impressive because other than that, you know, Wisconsin is going to give them a game, I think, just because of the way they play. Penn State, we'll see. Um, and then at Michigan will always be interesting. But if they can come back and do that, it's going to be very telling. And certainly Ryan Day deserves a whole lot of credit for what he's done this year. Yeah, they could be the Ohio State team that doesn't blow it against an well, well, yeah, well, that's the thing why I asked you this week. Are, is, is Ohio State better off with Ryan yeah, it's Day? it's too early to answer that question. It was a good question for sure, and obviously there's no way I can say they're better off with Ryan Day, you know, what, five games into his full-time gig. Um, you know, the Urban Meyer who won a national championship at Ohio State. But I'm wondering if this is a team that's going to – you know, remember the loss to Michigan State a few years ago right. where they just didn't they didn't run Zeke. Right. And the Purdue loss which the, was embarrassing. Yeah, the blowout at Purdue. Like there's a refocus. And Iowa too. Yeah. Didn't Iowa beat them? Yeah. Badly. There's just I a just re- wonder if there's not a game like that that's gonna happen under day. Yeah. You just wonder because there's the, the the point I was trying to make is that okay, Urban Meyer is one of the greatest coaches of all time. We all know that. But this group seems very refocused under Ryan Day. And Ryan Day obviously wants to prove that, one, he deserves that job, and two, that he can continue winning at the level that Urban Meyer was winning. And that that refocus is important because that's what I think we saw Saturday night. Well, and I think Ryan Day, a lot of people don't. I mean, I know him pretty well. Um, You know, I'm in in Connecticut. He was a uh, GA at... Boston College, then at Florida, then he was an assistant at Boston College for a while. He was quarterback at UNH. So he's my neck of the woods quite a bit. I think he's going to keep the throttle on full, and he's going to just keep his foot on the neck of opponents. Yeah. I mean, when you were watching that, yeah, obviously they didn't pour it on in the second half. Right. 
But at the end of the first half, I mean, you could see we got to score. Yeah, you know, right. We we, we got to keep going. We got to push. And they were, you know, they went up thirty-eight nothing. And I think at the end of the first half, they were still trying to uh, put more points on the board. Um, you know, and and Fields was obviously in there in the third quarter, and then they just sort of called the dogs off because it was forty-eight-seven at that point. But I think he's not going to let them have you know a letdown game like that. So they could lose a game. You know, obviously Wisconsin's a tough one, Penn State's a tough one, but I, I just think they're so much better than everybody else in the Big Ten right now <clears throat> that I think they're going to win the Big Ten, go on to the playoff. And then, you know, what if Justin Fields wins the national championship and Heisman this year and Trevor Lawrence doesn't? Then then can can ESPN brag on having him number one when we had him number two? Because all we did last year was brag about Lawrence over Fields. Well, sure, absolutely. I mean, he's pl- he's playing much better right now with probably a weaker receiving core, and the you know the talk, the idea that he was used at Georgia in such a way is so strange to me now because, you know, I mean, Jake Jacob Eason, who now I believe is a first round player. I mean, the kid is unbelievably talented. Lost his job to Jake Fromm. Well. What if Justin Fields is better than Jake Fromm? Can you imagine that Georgia offense with Justin Fields running it right now? Well, they used him so poorly. So poorly. They just ran him. Which kind of pushed him out the door. Right. You know, and obviously he was on the, the fake on whatever. You know, they kind of embarrassed the kid. Yeah. Because he was put in such a bad situation. I think that he was just like, now again, was he going to stay and sit behind Fromm for another year? Probably not. But I think that the fact that Kirby... And that offense, uh, offensive coaching staff used him so poorly was one of the reasons why he was so quick to get out the door. But 2021 draft, this is what's going to happen. Mm, 2021 Lawrence, draft, okay. Lawrence is going to go first. Fields is going to go second. It's going to be the first time in Rivals history, first time even close, that the top two players in a recruiting class go top two in the NFL draft. Yeah, we would have had Miles Garrett, Deshaun Hand, if you didn't screw up the Deshaun Hand ranking. Yeah, well, if Deshaun Hand didn't screw up his career by, you know, going to Alabama and having to wait four <laughs> years to play, right. had he gone to Michigan, right? You know, he could have been easily a first rounder, like Taco Charlton, who obviously is very good and was a reach by my Cowboys as a first round pick, and now he's been relegated to playing with the Dolphins, but. Yeah, hand hand kind of screwed that up himself. That would be pretty good though if we get Lawrence Fields. But if what if it's Fields Lawrence? Yeah, that's interesting. I just think Fields is such a. I mean, uh, Lawrence is such a generational talent that it's it's not gonna it's not gonna happen that way. Is I fi- mean, I think he's Peyton Manning, but who's Fields? Yeah. I mean, is he? I mean, freaking Randall Cunningham. Is he Patrick I mean, Mahomes? I don't know. I don't know either. I didn't think Mahomes was Mahomes, so what do I know? <laughs> well, Mahomes wasn't Mahomes at Texas Tech because all he did was chuck it 70 yards after running around like a nut. Yeah, but still, that tweet out there is never going to die. No, it's not. It's not. Twitter is... is uh... 
Well, I, I will admit my cowardice. I deleted the tweet finally. So here's your, here's some advice to you. Ready? <laughs> yes. If you say something so stupid on Twitter, yes, you gotta delete it. I, mm. I, I lived with the Treon Harris Russell Wilson tweet for a long time. Yeah. And but people kept retweeting it, and then other people would see it, and then it's like death. Yeah, it can't go anywhere. There was another one that was ridiculously stupid. I can't remember what it was. Probably Lamar Jackson won't be a quarterback in the NFL, but not as bad as the Mahomes one. The Mahomes one was the worst take in the history of Twitter. So every time he puts up a big game, it's getting retweeted. And more people would see it. More people would call me an idiot. More people would just, you know. So finally, I just deleted it. So now there's screen grabs, but it doesn't go as viral if there's just screen grabs. So that's my advice to you. But you don't say anything controversial at all. I mean, your Twitter is not definitive. There's nothing about it that puts you out on a, on a limb. I'm like Bob Woodward. I, I'm a reporter's reporter, Mike. And you're also like, you like, you just could, all these, you know, <laughs> snowflake <laughs> terms. There's nothing definitive about it where it's like, you know, you know, the, the Chiefs made the biggest mistake of the draft. It's not could have. Maybe they did. I like. The, I don't agree with it. you got to be definitive and go all in. I like to spark conversation and let you to the opinion stuff. Yeah. And I'm always wrong. Yeah, that, that, has, that, that has made it better for me. But you know me. what? It's, I guess not always wrong, but... Quite any often, take though. That's, <laughs> any take that's wrong is the one that gets the attention. Right. Like I said, Vernon Hargraves is going to suck in the NFL. Right. Right? Said it. Has one person retweeted that? No. He sucks. Yes. He made one tackle this year to save a touchdown and won a game, blah, blah, blah. But he sucks. He's a, he's a horrible pick. That, that's not being retweeted virally. There's no awesome takes exposed Twitter account. Like hot takes exposed, right? Right. No. You, you should uh, you should start one up and get it going. Hot takes rewarded? I'd get two followers. Nobody wants that. Everybody wants negativity. They want crap. Right. You know, so all of my amazing smart tweets just get, they just die. And they never get retweeted. And all my stupid ones, my amazingly stupid ones, live on forever. But I will tell you, that I, w- I was one of those guys who was never going to block anybody, and I still haven't blocked anybody because I think blocking is cowardice. Do you block anybody? I do not block anybody. I don't even know how to block somebody. That's pretty easy. Yeah. I mute people because I don't want to hear them. I don't I mute people. I let them talk. Oh, got to. No, the reaction, I mean, when they just argue back and forth about stuff. Yeah, that does get annoying. For like a whole day in your mentions, you got to mute people, but... I was also going to be a guy who never deleted a Twitter uh, tweet, and uh, now I'm not that guy. I will delete it so fast, you have no idea. But usually it's well after the fact when I realize how stupid it is. Yeah. So let's talk hot seat. Fuente? Fuente has to be on the hot seat. I was watched that game this past weekend. First of all, he said absolutely not one word into his headset all game. So I don't know if that is... Him bringing Jerry Kill in to be some sort of analyst. And I love this, too. These guys are making millions of dollars. And then they have to bring in analysts because they don't know how to fix the team. So Fuente has to be on the hot seat. 
The, it, it looks like I, I used to love watching Virginia Tech play. The defense would be super aggressive. They'd have athletes. Now the guys don't even look like they care. They're just kind of going through the motions, and they looked terrible against Duke. Against Duke. So, yes, he has to be on the hot seat. Pruitt? 100% on the hot seat. So, Helton still is. Uh, yeah, Helton still is, but he kind of gets a pass because he's now onto his third string quarterback. But I don't think anybody cares. I mean, you follow kind of their fan base and the people that even cover the team. And he said against Washington that it was six or seven plays that if they went the other way, they would have won the game. And yeah, he's I mean, they're bringing in a new AD and there's a new president of the school. And if Urban wants that job, they would fire Clay Helton on the tarmac like they fired Lane Kiffin. So I think he's definitely on the hot seat for sure. So who else that matters is on the hot seat? Is Jim Harbaugh on the hot seat? Jim Harbaugh is not on the hot seat, won't be on the hot seat for a very long time. Do you think they'd keep him forever? Didn't they offer him a lifetime contract? I, I think that that was a rumor. I don't know if it was ever substantiated, but... Uh, Taggart's on the hot seat, right? I don't think he's on the hot seat. I think Taggart is definitely on the hot seat. I'm I mean, going, they're not going to get rid of him after two years. So. No, they won't get out. But but I think he's definitely on the on the hot seat. Let me look through the lists here. I mean... Matt Luke, but nobody cares. Yeah, Matt Luke is probably on the hot seat. Is Lovey off Must the hot seat after looking pretty no, decent? No, 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 he's on the hot seat. What about uh, Muschamp? See, I think Muschamp should be on the hot seat. <laughs> I mean, his teams have not looked very good. Uh, his record there is not very good. Let me let me Maybe pull the expectations there. I don't know. I mean, Steve Spurrier, and I, I obviously, yes, it was Steve Spurrier, and I get that. But, I mean, he had that team kind of trending toward, before he kind of stopped in the last year or so, uh, trending toward being one of the big threats well, they, in the SEC. They, they, they won division. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is Missouri won the division, though, too. So that just shows you how bad the division won it, it, it was at that time. But. South Carolina is two and three right now. You know, they're obviously at no prayer of winning the SEC East anytime soon with Florida and Georgia doing so well. Yeah. Uh, you could argue Kentucky has surpassed them uh, as, a, as a program. If they didn't lose their quarterback, I think they would have beaten South Carolina, even though South Carolina won 24 7 pretty handily. But Kentucky's been without their their starting quarterback. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about average, look at Will Muschamp's record. 28-21 and 21 at Florida, 17-15 and 15 in the conference, one winning record in four at Florida in the conference. At South Carolina, he's 24-20, 13-14 in the conference, one winning record in the conference. So, I mean, the, the, you know, there are these names that you're like, oh, Will Muschamp's a great coach and he's going to do great things. He's just a very average coach. He's just, you know, kind of – cruising along in a very average way here. Eight years as a head coach, he's 52-41. and 41. Do you think they're going to get rid of Chad Morris? Here's another interesting one. I think they're going to give him another year. But all I've heard about with the Arkansas offense, I watched Arkansas-Texas A&M. I had just gotten home from a trip. It was nice to sit and watch the game. Arkansas's fast offense. How fast that offense is going to go. They're going to go fast. They're going to go fast. Nick Starkle's way better than Ben Hicks. Let's replace him, this and that. They went so slow. They don't seem to have any, you know, the defense is just not very good. 
And uh, Ben Hicks was so clearly better than Nick Starkle when he came into that game. And I understand that the backup quarterback is the you know most favorite player on the team and the, the best player on the team and stuff. But it, it seemed clear to me that Nick Starkle didn't know what he was doing. And then there were stories that he wasn't really focused on preparing for the games and all this kind of stuff. And I, I don't think they're going to get rid of Chad Morris, but... Chad Morris always seems to talk up a good game and how good his team is and how proud of him and how great of a week of practice. And then after the game, he's always like extremely disappointed in the performance. So, <laughs> so it's, he's like a golden retriever. He's yeah. just got a positive attitude about everything. Yeah, He's excited about everything. And, and then, then they play. Know, like, yeah. And then he gets yelled at and, Sulks for five minutes <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. comes back and like forgets all of that stuff and yeah. is all happy again. But he was fourteen and twenty two at SMU. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. In the AAC. Yeah. And now he's four and thirteen at Arkansas. I mean, it's just awful. And look so, at the look at the rest of their schedule. at Kentucky, Auburn, Alabama, Mississippi State. Okay, Western Kentucky might be an interesting game. At LSU, Missouri. So what are we talking about here? You know, Two and ten? Let's, three and nine? Let's, let's talk about happy stuff now. Okay. All right. Who's the coach that's that's got a power program right now that's surprising you the most? That's surprising is, me the most. Is it is it I mean it's not Dabo, it's not it's not Nick Saban. Is it Ryan Day? Is it Gus Malzahn? Is it at Orgeron, who's surprising you the most? Because I think Herman, you know, and, and Lincoln Riley, obviously, Lincoln Riley especially is not a surprise. Right. Um, you know, Tom Herman to me isn't really a surprise. Dan Mullen's not a surprise. But I think you could make a case for some of these other guys being surprisingly good this year and doing a good coaching job. I, I would say two things surprise me the most. One is that Ed Orgeron has kind of broken, smashed the old Les Miles offense at LSU that you have to run at every play. And he's accepted it, and they're running it, and they found success, and they didn't sabotage their own success. They're building upon it. I think that's huge. And then I think the second thing is Gus Malzahn enters this year again on the hot seat and uh, has been playing extraordinarily well, I think, so far this season. Although... Against Oregon, they didn't look really all that good and kind of lucked out to win that game. At Texas A&M, they didn't look all that great but won the game. They looked good against Mississippi State that looked just completely outmatched. But I will say this. There's some very challenging games coming up for them. At Florida, at LSU, Georgia, Alabama. So I wouldn't be completely shocked if Auburn was a 9-3, and 8-4 and football team at the end of this. If they beat Florida, you got to do an ass barrel next week. Okay, I'll put it I down on my love, list. I love how I'm telling you what to ask me. Yep. Is Bo Nix this year's Trevor Lawrence, Jake Fromm, you know, freshman quarterback who could lead his team to the national title game? Uh, and I hope you answer no on that because his numbers oh, are... Oh, the answer is no. Yeah. No, the answer is no. But it's an interesting question because the only thing you look at when you look at the top ten... And the quarterbacks, I mean, Fields is obviously a first-year starter, um, but he's not a true freshman. Right. You know, everybody else has a an experienced quarterback, except for Florida, 
but they're not really a national title contender, except for Auburn, who's got this freshman. You know, so you got Tua and Trevor Lawrence and Jake Fromm, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, you know, all guys. Burrow is a little bit of a surprise. Um, but Bo Nix, man, I mean, that's why Gus, I think, is doing a great job. Nothing against Ed Orgeron. I, I give a lot of the credit uh, to that offense to other people because he's a defensive coach and he's certainly not the one who's making the changes on offense. But Auburn, I think, is so impressive because Bo Nix has done such a good job. His numbers aren't great, but, man, this is a true freshman. Yeah, something that surprised me when I was looking at college fantasy football stuff this week. Auburn is being outpassed in yardage per game. Well, I guess that would mean the same thing. And they only have one more passing touchdown than their opponents, but they are just crushing people running the ball. 251 yards per game, 17 rushing touchdowns. And there are five guys, including Joey Gatewood, with 22 rushing attempts or more. Uh, Whitlow has 92 attempts already. That's impressive. Yeah, well, and Bo Nix is one of those guys. He's the second leading yeah. rusher on the team. Yeah, 35. He's got two touchdowns. He's a very smart runner. You know, he's not he's not Cam Newton. No. You know, uh, but he runs very effectively. You know, he's very efficient with the football. He's got seven touchdowns and two interceptions. He's only taken five sacks this year, uh, as opposed to Stidham, who was a statue when you – I think he took – Stidham took, what, eight sacks in the – one game against Clemson, maybe mm-hmm. nine. So I just love his maturity and the fact that he's, you know, leading this football team to two wins over top 20 football teams as a true freshman, you know, and I was surprised when Fromm was able to lead that team. I wasn't surprised about Lawrence because we knew how good he was, but, you know, could this be the third year in a row a freshman quarterback leads their team to the national title game? And he would be the only one. I think has a chance to do so. So it's an interesting question. How about the, how about this stat, Mike? And I just I just looked this up, so I have to count them out. But it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, no, nine. I think nine of the top ten quarterbacks in the country, and you could do this for your three point stance. Either had to wait to get the starting job, or transferred to get the starting job. So Tua had to wait behind Hertz. Trevor, no, Trevor had to wait behind Kelly Bryant. Is this is this based on QBR? This is this is based on just when they got to you know every every quarterback. No, no, like, no. How are you, how are you ranking them? Like the top ten in the country for QBR? Oh no, I'm just ranking the top ten teams, the quarterback of the top oh, ten teams. Oh, oh, you know that is a good one. I'm going to write about that so, because I'm looking at the stats and there's obviously guys like you know Quentin Harris who. Well, yeah, he had to wait behind Daniel Jones. Oh, that's true. But but every quarterback, every five-star, every top four-star said, I want to go to a place where I could play immediately and this and that. And it's the yeah. worst possible thing that you could do because you want to go there, you want to learn, you want to sit, you want to not make mistakes that the NFL could pick apart. Tua had to wait. Trevor Lawrence had to wait behind Kelly Bryant, even though it was for two games and everybody knew what was going on there. Jake Fromm had to wait behind Eason. Justin Fields transferred in. Joe Burrow transferred in. Jalen Hurts transferred in. Bo Nix was in a, at least a preseason battle with Joey Gatewood. Jack Cohn had to wait. Ian Book had to wait behind Wimbush. And Kyle Trask had to wait behind uh, Felipe Franks. That's an amazing story there, Mike. And then number 11, Elliger, 
didn't really have to wait. Didn't have to wait. Sean Clifford had to wait. Herbert really didn't have to wait. Nate Stanley didn't wait. Eason transferred in. Uh, and then you get into the Boise. Boise's. Of, <laughs> you see how I faded out there and couldn't even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares. Well, Boise's your guy. <laughs> no, that's uh, Chase uh, Cord now, I think. Oh, oh, oh. My boy Rippin is gone. No, no, no. I thought we were talking about, what's his face? Um, Bachmeyer. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Bachmeyer. Yeah. Bachmeyer. Yeah. Bachmeyer is my boy. He didn't have to wait. Didn't have to wait. Won a preseason job. Tyler Huntley had to wait, I think. Dylan Gabriel is taken over at UCF. Shea Patterson transferred. Jaden Daniels is a freshman. Spencer Sanders had to wait. Uh, Jamie Newman was kind of in a battle for a long time. Bryce Perkins transferred in. Shane Bichelli transferred. Brian Lewerke kind of didn't have to wait. And Kellen Mond, unfortunately, didn't have to wait. Well, he did wait. Didn't he? Wasn't he behind Starkle at first? Oh, yeah. I think he was. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, for a couple games, again, wait is relative. Like Trevor, as you mentioned, waited. Waited, right. But but in the top games. 10, that's, uh, that's, that's right, pretty you, good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write about that. Okay. Good. Double byline. Can you do my column for me? <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice. Because the other part I'm researching and looking at are trans- non-QB transfers that have made a huge impact this year. Non-QB transfers. Okay. Yeah, because they, people just don't talk about them. They talk about the QBs. You yeah, know, QBs. Hurts and Fields and Blah Burrow is a transfer quarterback. and Blah, blah, blah. But other positions... I'm going to dig in deep and see if I can find some guys that have made a big impact. A deep dive, um, Mike? I don't like deep dives either. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it is a lot of work. You know, nobody likes deep dives. I'm, lo- but, I'm looking down the wider. I'm looking down the running back group, and there doesn't seem to be a lot there. I know, huh? You look There's at wide receiver. Guys, How about uh, should Chub- Chuba Hubbard be in the uh, Heisman talk? Yeah. He should. He should be. I'm right? doing my uh, amazingly popular Feral 50 next week. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we're going to do all 50 over five days. So it's going to be five in the morning, five in the afternoon. And, you know, I'm looking at these guys that weren't on the list to start. Yeah. Like Joe Burrow. Where to put him? You know, where do you put Trevor Lawrence? In terms of how he's playing right now? Where do you put him? Are you are you like uh, doing a counter at at a, at a fair or something? I'm actually, I'm rolling a pen <laughs> against my wedding ring. <laughs> that is incredibly annoying. Well, I'll, uh-huh. I'll say this: Trevor Lawrence is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteenth in fantasy points this year. He has two hundred, nearly two hundred fewer passing yards. Than Brian Lewerke at Michigan State. He has more than 200 fewer passing yards than Kellen Mont. Is he a top 10 player in the Feral 50? No. You're going to be pretty upset next week. If, it, if it's in terms of how he's playing this year, absolutely not. If it's in terms of how good he is, Absolutely yes. Nah, see, it's not based. It's based on a combination of those. I don't like to define it because then I have to like actually back it up, and nobody likes that. This can't be right. How is this possibly right? What that he's top ten player? In the no, Brian Lewerke 
has more passing yards than Justin Fields by almost 300. That can't be right. I believe it's right. That's not true. He has more. Uh, Spencer Sanders only has 1,053 passing yards. Is that right? Eight touchdowns, five interceptions. What? <laughs> no, that's true. That's incredible. That's right. Yeah. No, that's right. That's incredible. But where where did Lewerke put up these numbers? I don't know. I gotta look game by game because thirteen twenty five, ten touchdowns, one interception. Yeah. What? Lewerke is having a, a a quiet, awesome season. Going to going to Ohio State this weekend to put up numbers. Oh my god. He's only owned in nine percent of fantasy leagues. Mike, shame on these people. Well, how do you just notice this? You're the fantasy expert. I have other things going on. Game log. (laughs) So against Indiana, he threw for 300 yards, three TDs, no interceptions, and they barely won. Yeah. They beat Northwestern, three TDs, no interceptions. Arizona State, they lost. He didn't throw a pick. He threw for 291 yards. Look at this. And then what, you know, then the rest of the team, Tulsa and Western Michigan stinks, so. Uh, put up big numbers against that. But, you know, it's not like he's playing who's who, but you'd think that the uh, Michigan State offense stinks. They have He has and more passing yards than Jalen Hurts. I think we should start a Brian Lewerke-Heisman. Heisman thing, yeah, definitely. I mean, they got one loss to Arizona State, but beyond that, those are some pretty amazing numbers. And he's not, to me, a pro quarterback. I mean, he's going to be drafted in the middle rounds, but... Yeah, he's a lifelong backup-type guy, I would imagine. I'd like to say he's a system quarterback, but Michigan State's offensive system sucks. Yeah, the system is, you know, run the ball. Right. Man. Brian Lewerke has more passing yards than Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, Sam Ellinger, Spencer Sanders... Adrian Martinez, Trevor Lawrence, Sean Clifford. I gotta. I, I, I'm gonna use that for my column. How about this? You should. You should Let's do a, write the whole column. Do a column on the on quarterbacks who aren't getting enough respect. Dorian Thompson Robinson. Oh my God! Now you're trying to defend another West Coast flop. No, that's a Chip Kelly flop. Well, he put up 800 yards against Washington State. <laughs> He has only 52 passing yards fewer than Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and all of it was in one game. I know, I know. Then they go to Arizona, and Khalil Tate and J.J. Taylor aren't playing, and they lose. And he stinks. Yeah, that that offense is garbage. And you know know what? This is no offense to Bishop Gorman, which is a tremendous program and puts out some good kids, as we've seen over the years. But quarterback-wise, Yeah. No, I, come on. You've, uh, we've learned that lesson the hard way. We got to start. Yeah, you know. Now, do you downgrade future quarterbacks because of the high school they play for? You can't. But I think these wins on a national scale are less impressive if you want to have the Bryce Young discussion right now than people think they are, because. Tate Martell did the same thing Bryce Young's doing. Yeah, right? but well, no, not really. I mean, uh, in, in a sense, he did. He but, didn't lose to anybody, and he beat a bunch of great teams on national television. So, so the question is, how how do you rank then? Like, do do you take uh, how is it possible to rank players accurately if you're going to say Bryce Young completely 
you know, dominated Baltimore St. Francis, which has 11 Division One guys on their defense, many of them going to Big Ten or SEC programs, and he completely dominated them. Now, how do you possibly right. rank him? Because Dorian Thompson-Robinson goes to an offense that, you know, Chip Kelly used to be able to run offense and now can't. How do you do well, that? Well, those 11 guys that are Division One football players could all suck. That's the thing about high school football. Yeah. I mean, they could all be horrible. Yeah, but we're we're, be we're betting that Jordan Tolls is the second best safety in the country. We're betting Chris Braswell yeah. is a five-star. Right. We're betting all this stuff, and Bryce Young goes and dominates those guys. How do you possibly say that Bryce Young's ranking shouldn't be it's inflated? Hard. Ranking is hard. Yeah, it's impossible. One of the best safeties I ever saw in my entire life was Taylor Mays. Yeah. A- athletic, huge freak of nature and what did he do sucked it's hard right so jordan tolls could be a great high school player he could go to lsu and become the next great dbu guy or he could absolutely stink and go off to some other team as a transfer you don't know i mean i guess that's the difficulty this is why basketball ranking if eric bossy listens to this sure he does so freaking easy <laughs> I mean you gotta be kidding me A these guys are one year away from being pros so you can sort of rely on the NBA scouting we can't do that NFL they're not scouting Bryce Young right now B they play against each other in all-star showcases all the time yes and on the AAU circuit they play against each other but you get a guy like Jordan Tolls is going to play one good football team, maybe two, right? His entire career, and we're supposed to figure out how good he is. Yep. Oh, breaking news, Mike! My dog's barking. Fournette has left the team. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Lenard Fournette. <laughs> you want to talk about a throw-in? <laughs> that that was a complete necessity throw-in, <laughs> right? We should make a list. If we, see again, I'm too lazy. We should make a list of the all-time throw-ins. The throw-in oh. team, yeah. Yeah, like just teammates or relatives of guys, like Sopcher's brother so or something. Yeah, that you had to take. You know. Yeah. The funny part is, like, uh, you know, one of them is in the NFL playing for a Super Bowl champion, which is uh, Jason McCourty. Hmm. I mean, not Jason. Uh, yeah, Jason McCourty. Jason was the the lesser of the two. Mm-hmm. Devin was the better one in high school, and they took Jason to get Devin. Uh, and now they're both starting for the New England Patriots. <laughs> so sometimes you just don't know. But there have been some real bad throw-ins, and Fournette's one of them. I mean, they took him for one reason and one reason only. He was not an LSU caliber talent. So I'm trying to think if there's any West Coast guys that are just blatant throw-ins throw-ins hmm yeah there have to be off the top of your head i'm not off the top of my head but i'd have to look do some research on it i just gave you the uh here's a throw-in matthias kiwanuka was thrown in with jeremy trueblood really jeremy trueblood who was an nfl player for about six seven years four-star offensive lineman boston college took matthias kiwanuka because they didn't want to lose trueblood and 
Kiwanuka ended up being a All-American first-rounder, 10-year NFL football player. So that's a good example of a throw-in. I think we need to wrap this up. I'm uh, I'm losing uh, steam here. Interest? <laughs> well, I was hoping you'd come up with an example, but obviously you don't know your region. No, I, I can't. You don't have it locked down. I'll tell Dave you. Dave Barry hasn't said a word. What's new with Dave Barry? Dave, what's new? Uh, not a whole lot. You know, just editing video. That's what I do. <laughs> Doing you, you putting in your two hours a day and calling it a day. Exactly. Take a nap. <laughs> get some work done. Have you watched uh, Love After Lockup, Dave? No, I don't know what that is. Gordon, I told you, you I don't watch a lot of reality. Do you watch it, Gordon? No, I'm I'm I'm. Uh, too... You gotta watch Love After Lockup. So what it is is it's it's people, crazy people in the real world, who start pen palling prisoners, and they fall in love, and then they follow them as the prisoners get released, and how their relationship blossoms. Which it doesn't blossom. Obviously, they're all train wrecks, which is what's great about the show. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy on there who reminds me so much of Dave Barry. Hold on, I'm going to look season. up the cast. This season, I think his name's Josh. Is he? A, is he? Is he a prisoner or the, the love? No, he's a prisoner, and he robbed banks. I could see that. And to his, um, you know, to his defense, he's with the hottest one. On the show this year, I don't see beauty, Mike. She's kind of, she's crazy. It's on We TV. Oh my god! But she's she's cute. Meetaninmate.com. But he is so Dave Barry, like it's scary. Well, they don't even have pictures of the cast on their own website. Well, they have the past cast. I don't know why they don't have the new cast. Who is it? Visit the show page. Clinton, Tracy, Marcelino, and no. Brittany. Oh, here's the cast. No, no, no. It's it's Josh. I think his name is Josh. La- Josh. Okay, hold on. Oh, Josh see the, and Cheryl? See the, see the, yeah, see Cheryl? Okay, the, hold the on. Skinny, attractive one? Yes. She's holding up a picture of Dave Barry. Oh, he looks kind of like a military kind of guy, he looks like? Yeah, if Dave Barry had a military haircut, that would be Josh. <laughs> that doesn't look anything like me. That does look like you. Because he wears glasses, too. So when you wear your glasses, it looks just like you. I don't think so. Scroll over to the one <laughs> Lacey, who's clearly had some work done. Hold on. You see her? I don't judge. Yeah, you do. <laughs> no, I, I don't know what site I have to go to here. This is... You go to Love... Uh, oh, no, I'm on the Wii TV Love After Lockup. Cheryl and Josh. Well, okay, anyways, hold on. Lacey and John... But Lacey's actually dating another inmate, so she's she's dating two prison inmates. The first sentence of this is: After two years of dating, serial killer obsessed Cheryl is eagerly oh she is she's obsessed by serial killers too. <laughs> yeah, I like her a lot. I, I, I dig her. I might have to DVR I mean, this. She's super super skinny, so a lot of people think you know she needs a snack and stuff. But I like her. She's crazy too. She's like a lunatic. I don't see Dave but Barry though. That is Dave. You gotta watch the show. When he puts the glasses on, it's freaking Dave Barry. I said it to my wife the other day. I said that is Dave Barry. She's never met Dave Barry. She's only seen videos of him sleeping in the back of the car between one of our trips. Mm. Remember that video we took, Dave? No, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, we took a video of you. You were in the back of the car between um, 
I think it was between DC and Charlotte. Um, oh, back when we used to drive between rivals. Yeah, camps. one of the camps. Your mouth was open and you were snoring, and we took a video of you. Uh, I want you to send that to me. I don't know where it is anymore. It's on my old phone, but I sent it to my wife. But she's never seen you before, so I said that's him right there. But you, you, congratulations to you, Bank Robber. You got the prettiest one this season. Well, the, I'm looking at the cast now, and I'll tell you, it's not a, a high bar. It's not a pretty group. No, not a good group. Remember when no. we drove from Phoenix to LA and we got into a, an argument, and then I had to take a pill to calm down. You had to take a pill because it was too wide open a space. Yeah, I didn't like it. It really creeped me out. That's a creepy drive. You have to argument. admit. We, we never argue. No. Well, you want to know why it was creepy? Because of the freak in the back seat sleeping. <laughs> that was creepy. That was. I'm going to name names. No, I'm not naming names. I don't know how he got in our car, but that was ridiculous. Hey, Love After Lockup is from the producers of 90 Day Fiance, my favorite show. This has potential. I can't believe you're not watching it. First of all, I didn't even know about it. There's numerous seasons. Yeah, I got to like, get into this. This isn't the first season either. So get on it. But that, that trip from Arizona to LA was creepy for a lot of different reasons, but mainly the dude in the backseat yeah. and the fact that you don't like confined spaces. Is that the what? The TMZ sports uh, person? No, oh, not- I don't know what. I don't know where this person works now. Yeah. I'm not naming names, I, though. I don't know. All I know is that every time we went someplace, we had to drive him. <laughs> yeah, we were like driving Miss Daisy everywhere. Right. Everywhere. And he never drove. No. And he never paid, you know, for gas or anything. Nothing. He never chipped in for snacks. And he would sleep the entire time. And it was like a what? That was like a seven-hour drive. Yeah, it was long. It felt very and, long. And he'd wake up like two minutes before we got there and say, oh, where are we? <laughs> oh, we're here already? And, yeah, and we spent seven hours of absolute hell trying to calm Gorney down from a – you had to drive at one point because you felt out of control. Yeah, I don't I don't like uh, being enclosed, and I don't like super wide open either. And you like to drive because you like you don't like the feeling of not being in control when it's a super – open area right yeah like i would rather just get my mind off of it and drive than sit there and be driven and fall asleep in the back the mental issues of our analyst team would be an amazing podcast see i i think i was watching something and it said oh it was 90 day and see i have strength though that's the strength to admit my shortcomings instead of hiding them Mm. and i have shortcomings believe me I don't think I hide my shortcomings. I'm cranky. I'm depressed. Yeah. Fat. <laughs> what else? <laughs> Abusive. Miserable. Abusive to me. Mean. Mean. Miserable. Yeah, I already said miserable. Oh, fat. Did you say Manny. fat? Yeah, I oh, said okay. fat. Sure. <laughs> but I'm not short. Obsessive? Did you say obsessive? And I didn't have to get my teeth fixed. <laughs> Who did? You did. Oh, I did, Dave, yeah. Well, when I first met Gorney, the first time I ever met him was in New Jersey. He was our Yukon publisher. And I'm like, who's this jerk? <laughs> and I made him drive me to the airport, which was, what, an hour out of his way? Uh-huh. 
because that's how I initiate every, everybody who's in our network. Like, oh, you drive me to the airport. His teeth were just a nightmare. No, they weren't. Like, oh, it was bad. What are you talking about? I, did, I didn't want to tell him, you know, because at the time he didn't have a girlfriend. He was kind of struggling to find one. And I didn't want to tell him his grill was the problem. I think you're thinking of the wrong person. No, no, it's you. You had a, this, this one tooth that I couldn't stop staring at. I, was, I, I'm i not so it was, sure. It was bigger than the other teeth. It was one of your front. And it was colored differently than your other teeth, oh. too. It was like... <laughs> what are you talking... Was this a dream that you had about me? No, 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 no. We need old Gorney pictures because this thing was like... It was like... I want pictures the, put on this podcast so people know that I don't have... It was the... Well, your teeth are beautiful now because you had work no i didn't oh my god you had work <laughs> i had braces when i was like 13 years old you're telling me since your yukon gig that you haven't had your teeth fixed well i did have this one issue where i would brush too hard and the enamel was wearing away but it wasn't like my mouth was all screwed was up. it on one like oversized tooth what do you mean oversized tooth <laughs> <laughs> See, Gordy's not being forthcoming about his problem. Oh, I'm being forthcoming. I don't know. This is what you get when you call me fat. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you mentioned it or not. I'm big boned. Big boned, right. There's some chubby chasers out there. <laughs> don't be mean. Don't fat shame. In this day and age, I'm not. fat shaming me is awful. I'm not saying right. anything. So Love After Lockup is our latest TV find. The, uh... Mental issues of Gorning could be an entire podcast because they're awesome. Yeah, they're and, great. Uh, we've really gone off the rails here, but I hope everybody listens to the very end. And if you find any old pictures of Gorning in this snaggletooth, I, uh, I think please, you're thinking um, of the wrong person. Tweet at me. No, how would I think of the wrong person? I did drive you to the airport, and that was a courtesy. Yeah. You drove with your tooth. <laughs> Freaking tooth was driving the car, turning the steering. Like wheel. a walrus. Look at your teeth now, though. Those are good teeth. They're fine. Very strong. What did you have done? All I needed to have done was okay. So when I was growing yeah, that's up, that's a really good smile now. Yeah, good smile. Yeah. All I needed was a like a like a filling of the enamel on one tooth because I, it wore away because I was brushing my teeth too hard. That's it. It wasn't. Which tooth was it? Like one my of your front. Yeah, like my front right one. Ah, yeah. Well, maybe the discoloration made it look bigger. But there, there was no discoloration. Oh, there was. Slipped out of my mind. I don't believe we don't. I can't believe we don't have pictures of you from that era. Well, you do. There are pictures of me from that era, and and, and they you, they but look you're exactly not the smiling. same. You're not smiling. Well, there's nothing to smile about. I started working for you. <laughs> <laughs> you worked for the UConn. You know, there's another Adam Gorney on Twitter. Yeah, he he played basketball at Iowa or something, right? Not well. This one's got 119 followers. Yeah, and it's Adam Gorney one, and his picture is he's undoing a button shirt with the Captain America logo underneath it. Oh, I do see this guy. He looks kind of cooler than you. No, he definitely does not with the bow tie and the belt buckle. I don't think so. And all he does is retweet Joel Osteen. Uh, mm-hmm. 
who says to take care of your uh, happiness. That and God doesn't judge you by one mistake. I wonder if he wanted got, Adam Gorney, but I was, it was already taken, so he couldn't get he's it. He's got 9 million followers. Well, I couldn't get Mike Farrell, I don't think. Because of the MASH guy? No, he doesn't have Twitter. People tag me in MASH all the time. In fact, they did a video uh, tribute because it was MASH's like, 40th anniversary or something. Yeah. Um, and people tagged me with Loretta Swit, Alan Alda. Like, I was tagged with all these famous people. Uh, but Mike Farrell, the political guy, who's very controversial, the ex-actor, um, he does not have Twitter. No, he stays off social media. I don't media. know why I didn't. Yeah, I don't know why I chose. See, somebody had M.I. Farrell, but nobody had M. Farrell. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. I, I, don't know. I chose weird. Rivals Mike because I'm a company man. You are a company man. Because Rivals is my life, and it will always be my life. Let me see. Forever loyal. Michael Farrell, no, Michael Farrell, no, no, Mike Farrell, no, no, Mike Farrell is not available. Michael Farrell, designing stuff at Reddit, uh, he has it, and he has 2,500 followers. Reddit. Maybe they can get a job there. Be nice. I don't know what they do. All right, Dave, love after lockup, so you can see yourself. Morning, you want to plug your dentist, or? <laughs> We're going.